0: Welcome Putting Together, the podcast that goes through the entire body of work of Stephen Sondheim, show by show, and song by song. My name is Kyle Marshall, your self-described Sondheim expert. Welcome to our first episode in this, like, intermission section of each season that we do. We just finished Act 1 of Into the Woods last week. We will be getting into Act 2 here in a few weeks. But before that, we have a few episodes of other stuff. And this week, we're going to go back... To Sunday in the Park with George to discuss the two Sundays. One thing that I forgot to mention here last week is that I was a guest on Matt Koplik's show, Broadway Breakdown. He's doing a mini series over there all about problematic shows. So he invited me on to discuss the Book of Mormon. So if you want to hear a very long conversation with me talking about my history with South Park, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and eventually the Book of Mormon, that is the place that you can go and do it. I thought it turned out really, really well. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes to this episode, so that's easy to find. I believe that is all that needs to be said here for the time being. So let's just jump into this week's show. James Paneri, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for having me, Kyle. We were just kind of talking about this a little bit, but anytime I have a guest from Australia, it's hilarious because we just have to always figure out what the time zone difference (laughs) is for us because you're tomorrow and I'm yesterday and we all have to kind of figure out how that all works together. But um, thank you for joining me early in the morning for you, but late at night for me. No, no. No, it's all good. No, it's afternoon for you, isn't it?
1: Uh, it's um d- almost 10 past 11. So, okay. You know. Yeah. So
0: you're basically about to have lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Regardless, we don't have to get into the talk of, of time zones here too much, but you are of one of a handful of people that have essentially come to me and pitched me an episode idea. And I thought it was a good idea. So I was like, yeah, why not? Why don't we come on and talk about uh this topic? Why don't you explain exactly what it is that we're going to talk about here today?
1: so um talking about the two sundays in sunday in the park Mm -hmm. george uh the one that finishes act one and act two the whole Mm -hmm. show and um you know even though it's the same lyrics like i'm pretty sure um, Mm -hmm. some differences between and um some things that are are going on musically underneath um, which i i thought really interesting thing and some things um i I was i was re-listening to the the episode when you did it i think last year some things that might have been missed on there so
0: okay Well, that's great. Why don't we start a little bit more broad before we get into talking about the songs specifically. When did you first come across Sunday in the Park with George?
1: Yeah, so I first came across it. I went to see the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts, the, 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 the main arts university here in Perth, put it on. Quite a few years ago now but yeah i went to go see it, uh, with my best friend who's also very into sondheim and mm-hmm. um like i like i didn't know anything really going into it but yeah like, like 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 you know i watched it with her and and i loved it it was just a uh, fantastic production both for george and the dot were phenomenal like it was a very traditional take on it you know um mm-hmm. it was very similar to the like the original broadway cast that kind of staging and the set and all that but yeah it was great and yeah i got emotional at the end you know like like okay before that.
0: i was gonna, i was about to ask you that because one of the common things when we were going through that season, it may be wrongly, but it, it was my feeling that Sunny in the Park was one of those shows where I wouldn't think it would be common for like teenagers or younger people to get this is my show that I love sort of thing because it's dealing with some really heavy themes, I think. Oh, yeah, that yeah. become more relevant as you age. But, yeah, um, no, definitely, but it's good that you had such a such a response.
1: Y- yeah, no, for, for, for sure. I think that was, you know, maybe the first time or yeah like maybe first time that i can remember that i that, that i did get, get emotional you know like after watching something like that yeah after it, like i didn't fully you know understand it like you know i was i was a bit confused sure. you know i had to ask my friend for some pointers or whatever but i think as i've gotten a bit older and as i was was listening to it to the whole season that you did on it um i've definitely come to love it so much more and yeah like understand it more and what he's doing and yeah, it's
0: just amazing. I just wanted to see if you can remember if you cast your memory back to that time of seeing the show for the first time. Did you have a slight confusion at the act one break where you're like, but they've wrapped up the story. Like there's (laughs) how how is there an act two to this show?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like I I remember thinking kind of like uh, like, like obviously, you know, uh, you know, like we had the program, like so. so, so this mm-hmm. is the interval now. Obviously, we'll come back for Act Two. You know, um, like we're not going to leave or anything. Um, but um, but yeah, no, like it was definitely odd, and you know, the the music, uh, obviously shifts a lot. Um, it comes a bit more modern, a bit more eighties mm-hmm.
0: kind of. It, it, it definitely
1: does, yeah. Yeah, a bit more electronic sort of thing. Yeah. Um, which makes sense once you look more into it you know yeah i think afterwards you know I, I definitely had to ask so that's like in the the future right from the original um sure yeah, george sarah yeah. and but yeah so like i like i definitely was definitely was a bit confused but you know you know i i understand it all now it makes a lot more
0: sense <laughs> yeah i mean again this is kind of a, a common thing that was brought up as I went through all those different songs, but I think it is, it can be just this kind of off putting feeling that transition between act one and act two. Again, this is why a lot of people feel like you don't need act two, which I don't feel, but you know, some people do, they have that opinion that you don't need the act two and Sunday in the park with George. Yeah, But uh, just that like, wait, we're, we're, we're going like way far in the future, you know, like that whatever it is, the 70 years or something jumping into the future, 60 years at least. Even a little bit of different instrumentation, a little bit more synthesizers kind of yeah, going on there in, sure. the, in, in the 80s version, that sort of thing. Mm, so for sure. it's one of those things where it's not necessarily handholding you. It is, it's requiring you to kind of like work at this a little bit as an audience member. And I can see why some people can get uh, put off by that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a bit jarring. But I mean, you know, if... Like you know, you know, Sondheim shows like it's not going to be put, put all right there on the plate for you. Like you're, you're going to have to do some <laughs> <I'm> thinking. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. Box, yeah. Now, did you then go and watch the like recorded version of Sunday, or did that happen much later, or have you watched that? I guess is really the question.
1: Yeah, after I saw it for the first time, I kind of like you know I really liked it, but I, but I kind of forgot about it for a bit, and then once I got into Sondheim a lot more, it was my the end of my first year of my undergraduate at university we did a concert uh called mozart to sondheim and oh okay. was, yeah and so you know it was all the music from mozart to sondheim and we did it at, like the the beautiful government house ballroom in the city uh which is a really nice venue um and it was kind of a cocktail oh, no, not really a cocktail it was you know proper seated audience um, sure. and you know we all got to dress up in suits and the, and the ladies in nice dresses and stuff yeah so you know we did a bit of opera a bit of music theater and uh this song uh the uh, the first act one at sunday anyway um mm. definitely holds a, holds a special place in my heart because we did um that right at the end of that concert and and we had um obviously enough people you know to divvy out all the parts of the cast but plus like uh, like a lot more So, so we did it and, you know, we did it, you know, this massive chorus and yeah, and I think it was definitely one of the, one of the highlights of, uh, uh, of my time at uni for sure.
0: It is such a brilliant piece to do. Like as the choral arrangement, yeah. I mean, it's it basically how it's performed in the show as well. Yeah, with like the underscoring that's going on, but it's just like a bunch of people singing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, it's just beautiful. Yeah, and so and so, I felt even more in love with it there, and then um, yeah, and then only recently I've watched the whole uh, PBS re- recording of it. And, and yeah, I love that. I've watched the, the more newer, I think it was 2017, Jake Gyllenhaal and Anna Lee Ashford's
0: yep. one. That was really great. There is a London version that can be found online yes. too that's on YouTube I'll have to check I've that I've stumbled across. Yeah. What I like about the course that you just described is that it's such a small period of music that they're talking about from Mozart to Sondheim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. It feels unwieldy to me, but that uh, that sounds like an interesting way to kind of like view, you know, from those those two time frames and everything in between. I mean, that's that's a lot of stuff to kind of cram in.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it was a really fun concert and and
0: uh, mm-hmm. the highlights. As you have kind of mentioned, essentially the same song ends both Act 1 and Act 2 of Sunday mm. in the Park with George. Mm. Like the lyrics don't change for sure. Now there are, I will say, slight differences Definitely, between the two. I can always tell if it comes up on my shuffle, The at least from the original Broadway cast, the one that has a bunch of people arguing at the very beginning means, oh, this is the end of Act 1. Yeah, Because <laughs> it's all the characters arguing and then it goes into Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And it just starts and it's like, okay, this is the end of Act 2. That's yeah. kind of the way that I know. the difference between them because both of them are just called Sunday on the album so it's not very helpful sometimes to know which one is which yeah for sure so i guess let's start with the act one Sunday to where do you want to start what do you want to talk about
1: yeah well i think like firstly it starts off with you know the the arpeggiated chords that like and you know Uh then he says the his famous words design tension and 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 one thing that i really liked that you brought up in the in the previous episode was when he says tension the two like the two celestes and jules and yvonne i think it is who were like arguing mm-hmm. the most because the celestes about the, uh, the the two soldiers you know which one that's are right. gonna get with um and then jules and Avon because i think like jules was caught uh, cheating on her or, or, or whatever, like, like the daughter comes in and says, you know, and yeah, that's just r- really clever that he puts, uh, well in the stage directions here, he says, you know, like, but like he nods and then they go together and that's when he says tension. So, um, right. like, like I thought that was really clever. And then as well fast forwarding to the end, like to the end of the act one song, in a lot of the show i feel like uh Sondheim, like emanates the words into his music as well so for example mm-hmm. r- yeah r- right at the end of it so this is just before the interval that you know the final sunday and then it goes you know da 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 and then that third like chord just before the mm-hmm. like the resolution you know is like like it's like a b flat against an a so in other words that's like it's a semitone so so like half mm-hmm. a step so yeah in other words you can't get any more more clashier like like in western mm. art, you know sim- music anyway like you, like like you can't get so so it's kind of that tension uh, uh, and then he resolves to this like just simple simple G major chord um uh, uh, and then he has the, the tremolo and then that ends it but, but yeah I think I, I was watching an interview with sondheim and I think someone can correct me if I'm wrong but I think that G major chord right at the end there is the first proper, just simple major chord in the whole show so far that we hear. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if that makes sense, because um, but obviously the show, you know, the music's, it's, definitely very experimental from his previous shows Mm -hmm. in terms of yeah and so 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 i thought that was really cool you know we go through his like a bit of his life with dot you know their relationship and you know and then she leaves and and how you know he's fixated on this painting wants to get it done you know it's all his work uh, and that's all the tension happening and then it kind of and then it kind of resolves at the end of that uh, that act one one song there so so, so i thought that was uh, r- really clever
0: Yeah, that's, that's the cool part of this is that the more you kind of pick at what uh is musically doing like what the notes are that he has chosen mm. to put under what they're singing it kind of just opens it up and I, I this is the thing about even though i i can read music um, I played the clarinet for six years in like middle school to high school, so I have some experience of being in a band and yeah. reading sheet music, all that kind of stuff, and understanding major versus minor and, and mm. all these kinds of things. Mm. But I also feel I never really know how to talk about music, even though I host a podcast about music. Yeah, <laughs> I have a hard time be like explaining like this is why musically this is happening and mm. this is why it's important and this is why it's important to know this. Mm. But that's why I love this this show in particular is that everything is so considered uh, to the point where. Where even though I cannot verbally say this is what is happening in this song as you were describing that it's like yeah that all makes sense of course yeah. this is what is happening underneath this it's fitting thematically with what's going on in the show Yeah, and that's what I'm experiencing as a viewer of this show it's like yeah this feels like so tense right now and then it yeah. just opens up yeah. into like this song it's like okay like there's this explosion of like resolution that's happening here at the end
1: yeah exactly and I think in classical music as well they talk about Tension and resolution, tension and resolution, like that's kind of a lot of the format of like a good mm-hmm. like classical Western art um, song, and I think he's obviously you know you use that there like uh, but really well.
0: Hey everyone, just Kyle kind of breaking into the conversation to tell you about some of the people that make this show continue to go. If you'd like to help support the show for absolutely free, you can give a rating and review on whatever app you listen to podcasts in, that's of course greatly appreciated. Putting It Together is an independent podcast, so if you'd like to help monetarily, which will only help to grow and make this show better, you can do so over at our Patreon page, that's patreon.com slash putting it together podcast. Please do not donate if it impacts you negatively financially. I should also give a huge thank you to the god that's a good tier from Patreon. That's Barry, Alex, Christopher G, Jack, Luis, Mike, Robert, Stephen, Todd, and Witty. Let's get back to the show. that we have to go like too far off track here but i'm just interested it in, interested in it you of course uh, like have sung opera and have done performances mm. does this score remind you of any other composers like is there anything that instantly comes to mind for you Ooh. um I know I'm throwing this at you without any preparation, but I'm curious if there is any.
1: No, no, that's okay. It's that's a, a really good <laughs> question. Um, not like any particular like composer or work that I could think of. Well, I mean, in saying that, it has a bit of not as grand as and big as Bernstein, but it kind of has a bit of Bernstein-esque stuff going on there, but, but a bit of candide, maybe, like with the big harmonies mm-hmm. and choruses. But I think it's definitely like I mean, especially this one, like it's definitely an attraction for classically trained uh singers like myself to, to to lean towards more because i think like definitely singers with c- c- kind of bigger bit bigger voices are, are kind of cast in those roles but because yeah it's kind of got this like, like you know obviously it's got this really beautiful lush orchestration mm-hmm. yeah so so, so so i think that's why like it definitely attracts like, like attract attracts them more to it um but yeah in terms of um pieces doesn't bring to mind one in particular that I can think of at the top of my
0: head. No, it's interesting you bring the Candide up mm. specifically. You, you wouldn't know this, but weirdly enough, I have been listening to Candide a lot here over the last mm. couple of weeks. I think it's because I watched uh, the movie Maestro. Yes, <laughs> and then and then it was like it was in my head, and I was like I should like explore this even more because mm. I like a lot of the music. Yeah, it's and um, mm. much like uh, Merrily We Roll Along, Candide is a show that. When I see it performed, I'm never, like, in love with it by, like, listening to the music because I think the music's great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But especially, like, stuff like Auto De Fe, which I know Sondheim wrote a couple of lyrics for for that song. But there's some other of the choral stuff that's inside that show that does kind of sound similar to this Sunday song or the two Sundays that happened in here. Yeah. So, maybe there was. Because I don't, I can't remember now. I'd have to double check the book of when Sondheim helped write some of those new lyrics. I can't remember if it was in the eighties or the late seventies is when he jumped in.
1: Yeah, I wanna say it was I wanna say it was before he wrote Sunday.
0: It definitely was. Yeah. It was definitely before. I just can't remember where in the timeline that happens, in fact, I think it might have even been before Sweeney Todd, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, okay. So I think it was yeah. late '70s. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But it maybe still has. That technically it would have only been five years before this. <laughs> so okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I was just gonna say it's funny you, uh, but, but bring up the, the the Maestro thing actually because. um mm-hmm. Uh, in that same uh, Mozart Sondheim concert, uh, we did make our garden grow. Right, yeah, yeah, um, and 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 of course that well, that one gets a feature in the uh, uh, in the movie that he's he's conducting in the studio. So yeah, like like yeah, it was this one and make our garden grow that 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 I was kind of like oh wow, this is you know th- this is beautiful. This is
0: good yeah. stuff. I have to say, not that this is turning into like a maestro podcast yeah. but um I, I have to say <laughs> i mean this is like the the common criticism I, i've heard from a lot of people about how it doesn't really get into uh, bernstein's life very much within that movie but okay. what i will say which i find hilarious and it, it works for for me but it's like i love all of the essentially like soundtrack drops that happen in there because it's all son uh, sorry it's all uh bernstein music yeah but it's like oh it's west side story we're not focusing on west side story but that's west side story it's like oh yeah. that's candide we're not focusing on candide but that's from candide you know <laughs> so it's like all these like things that are popping out of there so that i know okay i kind of know where we are in the timeline but i think a casual viewer would be like oh i guess this is this part of the soundtrack
1: yeah no that that uh, that's what i thought was the was really clever like, because like, like, I mean why wouldn't you why wouldn't you use his music as the background music you know if it's a movie background? right <laughs> yeah
0: all right so I mean I guess one thing I guess we should before we move on to the Act 2 one yeah let me just open up this uh, book here Not that we have to, like, re-go over all the lyrics here again. Mm. People can go back and listen to that entire episode that we did. Well, not we did, but that I did with another guest. But I like talking about it because what I find so, I don't know, dramatically hilarious is just, just on the face of it, if you were to tell someone or give them a sheet of paper with these lyrics printed out for them to read, it is gibberish nonsense yeah. like it is absolutely nothing and yet when i hear it performed it always moves me it's like yeah. yes this like and i mean it makes even more sense if you watch the show like there is like yeah. relevance to what these words mean it's not just made up stuff but like mm. by the cool blue triangular water on the soft green elliptical grass as we pass through arrangements of shadows towards the verticals of trees forever, mm. there's there's a lot going on there and yeah. what they're talking about. Mm. But like, but I don't know. I just just to throw it at you a little bit, like because you've even performed this song, like how do you approach these lyrics and how do you perform them so that they still have meaning to you?
1: Yeah, well, like like another thing that you can do, which is really nice, is c- c- create a visual like, on stage. up mm-hmm. like, like, you have the liberty to do that kind of stand in you know like like, like so, sort of a formation and and not mm-hmm. necessarily in a clump as a choir you know but you know stand you know like what, what like with your parts and and even like you know mixed up because you know you can hear the mm-hmm. harmonies from the, the, the different uh places i think obviously sondheim you know writes everything for a reason so he he you know he put Uh, Because in the score here, you know, it's got George and the two Celestes on that top, top melody line, let's say. And, and I think, you know, if you put any more people on there, like, like, it'd it'd probably be too, too overpowered. But like, I think, and I think, and I think as well, it's really clever. If you fast forward a bit as well, you know, like when everyone kind of drops out and then he adds more people in, adds more people in, and then it crescendos into this, you know, that final on an ordinary Sunday. Right, right and so 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 I think they're just a few things that you could do to but, but bring out the lyrics more and at the end, I remember you saying, on the previous time you went through the song as well, it's like like they definitely like if you look at them just on a sheet of paper, like the words that like it's definitely to, to, to just like a work of poetry so so I think yeah, to treat it like like as a you know as almost a Shakespeare poem or or something like that
0: yeah i think that's really smart one thing you brought up here though too is how how the voices are kind of layered in in this song because even just listening to it as it as it stands like like the women and the men and um i don't know what the third group is but it almost feels like there's three-part harmony going on in in certain cases like they get layered onto each other and even when there's like that ascending line at the end yeah (laughs) each one kind of comes in at a different kind of spot as they ratchet up yeah um to the climax that's going on here. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Oh definitely. This is gonna sound like I'm being paid for like a promotion and I swear I'm not. Um, although I would not turn it down. <laughs> so I'm I am an Apple fanboy. Yeah. Just to be upfront about this. But they have this new kind of marketing gimmick called spatial audio. Mm. So if you have like the right headphones, you can listen to it and it feels like you're being surrounded like you're literally in the middle of a oh. <laughs> surround sound sort yeah. of thing. Cool. So only so there's three albums that have been released specifically With this feature for Sondheim scores, which is the original company, the original Sweeney Todd and the original Into the Woods are the three that actually have this feature, which, by the way, if you listen to the Sweeney Todd score and it it is bonkers crazy. It really feels like you're in the middle of the stage and they're all like surrounding you. It's wild. It's such a fun time. Oh, wow. Yeah. I want them to do it for this. I really want them to have yeah. it for for Sending the Park with George, but for this moment specifically. So it feels like you're like literally being surrounded um, by the chorus. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
0: Anyways, this is me (laughs) not getting paid to uh, promote a feature. feature. So, yes. So then we get through the entire second act and we hear essentially the same song again, which I think is a gambit in a few different ways. One, because not that musical theater hasn't had reprises before. We've seen most of the same thing. Mm. But I will say this is pretty unique for a Sondheim show in that there's no word changes. Usually, yeah. when there is a reprise in a time show, it's the same melody, but the words have changed yes. it's to like create a different meaning to what the what the reprise is doing. Exactly right. In this case, there isn't. But what it yeah, has there been any changes as far as musically?
1: Yes, to d- d- definitely. Um, first, because again, uh, comparing the two, the the Act One Sunday has quite a few of those arpeggiated, but then in this one, it kind of has. Um, uh, correct me if i'm wrong but but but, but it just has the one uh, 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 uh and it's like and it pauses on that that crunchy chord right. there uh, 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 and then he says he says order and then and then continues on with it and actually i think in this one it starts off uh it's got here yeah because uh, george isn't actually uh singing to start off with in this song any in this one anyway that's right it's got the yeah the soldier the two celests on the the top like melody line and then it's got like the all the rest of them um i'm assuming like the the the, the women on the top line and then the the the, the gentleman on the bottom line uh, as opposed to three lines which was mm-hmm. uh, going on in the first one and yeah and it's got the same pretty much accompaniment underneath uh, but then when we get to by the blue purple yellow red water it's got this even bigger harmony than the first one yes no it does yeah like like in looking at this it's got just um a more kind of layered harmony like it's it's just in g major there yeah like it's that's going on there and then when what's different about this is after they say say of the grass uh, uh uh in our perfect park is said just by dot but by herself in this one and mm-hmm. i think yeah, in the first one that was just said by george oh that's true you're right yeah yeah, yeah she she kind of ha, ha, has a bit and i think that kind of that's kind of like making him remember that that was like, that, like that's where like like they all started well dot and george anyway mm-hmm. he was painting her in the park and that was kind of their their park as like 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 when they were t- together in a relationship and 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 that's what it will always be to them like, like if that makes mm-hmm. sense I feel like and then George carries on made a flex of light and dark you know because he's the painter to do with the painting yeah uh, uh and then it finishes off pretty much the same and then of course you know uh George has his is his beautiful lines at the end, white blank page or canvas, his favorite. So many uh, possibilities. And and what I love in the um, Mandy Patinkin does it in particular, but, but like he, he goes, you know, so many like he takes like, like, the like, like, like almost
0: briefs the pause. Yeah, yeah. like almost
1: like to, too long of a pause, but it's just like the perfect yeah. amount. And, it, and then it just yeah ends. It's yeah it's beautiful.
0: It's not trumpets, but what, what are they? Oh, yeah. Uh, French horns. French horns. Yeah. French horns. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the, the the underrated instrument. Can I just say that the French horn? I think oh, there should yeah. be more French horns yes, <laughs> used yes. in scores. It
1: definitely should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. This is stuff that I love, of course. Like nerding out about, which yes. is like, you know, that this person says this line in this instance, and this is why it makes it even more impactful in this moment. I mean, these kind of two final questions I have for you. One, not that there needs to be, but I always like to kind of like do this thought experiment film versions of musicals Mm. and I keep getting burned because a lot of my favorites have been turned into movies and they aren't very good, (laughs) but I keep thinking like, it's going to work. I feel like someone's going to make this work. Yeah. Do you feel like this is just best preserved as a stage show or do you see this? Could this work in the different format of film?
1: Yeah, it's a hard one because like on one hand, I think it's just perfect for the stage and the theater, Mm -hmm. you know, it should stay like that. And, you know, it was written to be in a theater. I feel like some aspects would be tricky to portray onto film in a way. But mm-hmm. also, and then on the other hand, like, I'd really love for someone to, to, to give it a crack because, you know, I'd like, mm-hmm. you know, it could it could be amazing or it could be very bad at the same
0: time. It could be. I mean, that that's always the fear, depending on, like, the creative team that gets their hands on it and doing it. Yeah. I mean, if this ever were... Like this could not be like a hundred million dollar film because there's nah. no way they would probably make its money back. But I think about it and um, have you heard of this, uh, of the film being Vincent? No, I don't think so. It's basically about Van Gogh, but it's like every frame was actually hand painted in oh. like Vincent Van Gogh style. It's a, uh, yeah. kind of a, it's a beautiful animated piece. I recently stumbled across it and I only bring that up because I saw that and I'm like, oh, this would be such a cool way to approach this material for some of for some of the songs yeah definitely. right you can still have yeah. like the classic uh like drama between dot and george and that kind of stuff but as soon as he starts to paint it's like wouldn't it be cool if it's like his dots are animation and we could use that, and you know, the whole day off sequence could be like an animated sequence. I think there's some fun stuff that you could kind of do it there with dots, specifically like growing into characters and uh, interacting with people.
1: Oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, with this specifically, you definitely have to th- think out of the box. Yeah, put something onto film for sure. Yeah. And you could
0: have them bow at the end, just like they do when the yeah. stage shows. So you could do, you could do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so good. The question I did ask, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> this year earlier today, and I finally remembered my hard question that I asked everyone during the Sunday in the Park with George season. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, which I did not prepare you for at all. So you can feel part of the club because I didn't do it with anyone during that season. Yeah. It felt like. Because Sunday in the Park with George is based in part on a painting, which mm. is kind of an odd thing to base a musical around. Mm. Um Although there's another show coming to Broadway this year that's kind of based on paintings, which I think is fun. Oh, really? No. Yeah, Uh, Lempicka. It's more of like an artist, but apparently it's all about painting and art deco and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Regardless, uh, is there something odd that you think should be turned into a musical? Some like odd piece of media or art or found object that you think could work in a musical format?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean... The, the the first thing to uh, to come to mind actually yeah it's not an object or a piece of media yeah. or anything but a, a person actually and and hmm. and you mentioning uh Vincent van Gogh made me made me sort of think of it yeah like, like it doesn't necessarily have to be about him but but i think semi or like autobiographical musical like like about a famous person like that um, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, the reason why I thought of it was because there's a beautiful, um, uh, song cycle written by, uh, the, uh this American composer. He's, he, uh, he's still alive. He, he only wrote them 2007 or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, but, uh, 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 Ben Moore, I think his name is, I D- don't know if you've heard. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. What's the song cycle called? Uh, it's called um, it's called Dear Theo. So, so and, oh. and, and so what he's done is he took uh, these letters, the, the, the actual letters that uh, Vincent Van Gogh wrote to his brother, Theo, and to, and he put oh, them into this song cycle. And uh, 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 and it's really beautiful. Like, 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 it's very, very Sondheim-esque, actually, uh, sort of down that train and yeah, so, so so something like along the lines of that. So something through Vincent Van Gogh. I feel like uh, like I know obviously it's uh, like another artist, but yeah, that, like I reckon that, that that could
0: be cool, maybe. You know, you bring that up. I don't know why this suddenly popped into my head. Mm. There's something we said to be doing something like that, where like you're honoring an artist, and my mind immediately flew to the fact that at least on Broadway, like the American stage, we'll just call it mm. for like original musicals. I'm surprised there hasn't been more that are based off of famous composers as like the subject matter. Yeah. Like there's more on like authoritarian rulers than there has been on like famous composers. It feels like, yeah, like it's it's it's, because the only one that jumps to mind, it's not a very well-known show, but um, it's called George M. I think that's on about George Cohan. Okay. But like there isn't, there isn't one like about the Gershwins. There isn't one about Bernstein. There isn't one about like some of these famous people that have, like oscar hammerstein for instance or like there's nothing there's no shows about these like huge titans of the industry the way that there is in say again hollywood where there's always like a biopic about like a famous actor or director or something like that that comes out every couple of years Mm. so interesting thing that that hasn't been a thing that the people have gone to the well for
1: yeah yeah no for sure and that's like half the reason why i thought of that actually yeah like, I feel like the only other thing, you know, I can think of is obviously assassins that uh, sometime wrote about all the, you know, the the presidents and the
0: the guys who assassinated them. But yeah. Well, James, thank you so much for joining me here today. Uh, If people wanted to, you know, stay in contact with you, see what you're up to, what's the easiest way to do so online?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm on um, probably Instagram, uh, best place to reach me. Uh, my uh, like like artist one is uh, uh, James Pinery Baritone, I think it is. Could be some underscores. Or my actual one is J Pinizle, so J-P-I-N-N-I-Z-L-E. Yeah, or alternatively, you could, uh, could, could give me an email um, to jpinery99 at gmail.com. Cool. Perfect. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me again, Kyle. Appreciate it
0: this world was never meant for one as beautiful as you
1: starry starry
0: night Thank you so much for listening. You can send emails to puttingittogetherpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Sondheim Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. This is an independent production, and you can support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash puttingittogetherpodcast. Putting Together is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere you get podcasts from. Consider subscribing so that you never miss an episode. Next week we're actually going to be talking about Evening Primrose and some other odds and sods. Mostly you have discovered that I've been a mannequin this entire time. As always, a big thank you to the great Christina Gucci, who designed the podcast artwork and Nick Driscoll for composing our theme music. Well, we've reached the end of our episode. Yes, I know. Goodbye for now. tried to set them free They would not listen They're not listening still Perhaps They never